Hello, everyone. This is Chris McLaughlin from Stones Crossing Church. Thanks so much for joining us for the second episode of the D Group Leader Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with us. Hey, last time we talked about the idea of what is a disciple and really just kind of wanted to get to some of the basics, broad overview of what a disciple. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at how, how are we going to make disciples who are doing these things? And uh, this is right out of Colossians chapter one, verses three through eight. When we look at that passage, we see that uh, the apostle Paul is praising God because he has seen how the sharing of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel has made them faithful disciples of Christ. So I think the first thing that we see there is that gospel centered teaching is the key, uh, really the first key to disciple making. The second is really he he celebrates the, the spread of the gospel. He talks about someone named Epaphras who uh, is a is a servant that works along with him and that goes to the church in in uh, Colossae and brings the gospel to them. And so what we're going to do um, this week, we're going to look at the idea of what does this mean to be uh, to have teaching that is gospel centered? What does it mean to employ gospel centered teaching in our groups? Now, the first thing that we have to to really look at here is why is it so important that the gospel be the center of the teaching that we're doing? Uh, for some of us, this may be like, well, duh, like, yeah, of course, that's that's the message of Christianity. But it, but it's um, it actually has a, a huge impact on all kinds of aspects of uh, what we're doing with disciple making. It's the power of God for salvation, right? We know that from Romans 1. And so this is the message that we need to bring to people uh, in order for them to come to faith in Christ. It's also the framework for the Christian worldview, right? It shapes the way that we think about the world. And it's the catalyst for Christian spiritual growth as well. So that's what we're going to unpack today. So the first of all, the, it's the power of God for salvation, uh, we know this from Romans 1, uh, verse 16, which it's just, um, it's just so clear uh, how he puts it. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He continues this argument later on in Romans chapter 10 because he, he starts getting into this idea about like, okay, well, in order for people to come to faith in Christ – they have to hear about Christ. <laughs> they have to hear about what he did for them. So he starts out, this is in Romans ten thirteen. He says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so then he makes this argument. Look at this. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? Right. So he, he's going down the list. Here's like we have to send people to preach the gospel, to talk about Jesus so that people can call on his name. Um, he, he concludes this whole thing in verse 17 it says, so faith, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, which is the gospel. We need to be preaching the gospel so that people can hear uh, what who Christ is and what he's done. That way they can call on his name. Um, so it's the power of God for salvation. So the second idea that we want to look at here is that the gospel becomes the framework for the Christian worldview. So what do I mean by this? A worldview is the lens through which we view the whole world, the reality 
that we find ourselves in. Everybody is looking through a particular lens based on where they grew up, uh, based on their age, based on uh, the experience they've, they've had and things like that. And and at the end of the day, Christianity, the gospel, is going to shape the way that we view the world. It's going to shape the way we view humankind and the world around us and our problems and all kinds of things. Now, the predominant worldview, in, uh, in, especially in our culture, is secular humanism. And secular humanism is this idea that, uh, that humankind is actually the ultimate authority, that we're the ones that determine what is right and wrong, what's good and evil. We're the ones that will be able to eventually solve all of our own problems. Um, a good example of this is the TV show Star Trek. If you've ever seen that show, the idea with it is that 250 years in the future, 300 years in the future, that humanity figures out how to solve all of these problems, that there's no more war, there's no more disease, there's no more poverty, and humanity has figured this out, and they didn't need God to do this. Uh, that's really the the basis of the culture in the, in the Star Trek world, in the Star Trek universe. Well, Christianity really flies in the face of that because at the end of the day, what Christianity is saying is that we are sinners who are saved by grace. And so the problem in the world is not, uh, is not so much something that's external being forced upon people. The problem is actually the people. The problem is sinful hearts, uh, that we are broken and fallen and that we're the ones that really need to be corrected. And so the only way to do that is to look to God. The only way to do that is really awaiting him to fully and finally restore humanity to what it's supposed to be. And now that's a very different worldview because it changes the way we think about people, changes the way we think about the problems we face. It changes all kinds of stuff. And so the gospel really is the framework for the Christian worldview. Well, the third thing that we can think of too with the gospel is that it's the catalyst for Christian spiritual growth. What does it really mean to grow as Christians? See, Paul, he prays that Christians will grow in the knowledge and love of the Lord. This is in Ephesians chapter one. It's in chapter three as well. Um, ultimately, what he's getting to here is that Christianity is a knowledge tradition. It is, it is a a message that is passed down from believer to believer that transforms our soul. And that message is the gospel. Uh, that's that's the, the catalyst for our own spiritual growth. Uh, the gospel, it's the guide for our own decision-making as well. There's this really interesting story in Galatians chapter 2 where the apostle Paul is coming up uh, really against the apostle Peter, okay? So Peter, he was sitting down and having a meal with some Christians who were Gentiles. They were non-circumcised Christians. And when a group of Christians came in who were circumcised, he actually withdrew from that conversation. And Paul uh, went up to him and said, you know, you are not living in step with the truth of the gospel. That's what Galatians 2.14 says, that he's not living in step with the truth of the gospel. Now, what this implies is that the gospel should have helped Peter to handle that situation better. 
The gospel should have informed him that both Jews and Gentiles, circumcised and uncircumcised, are sinners saved by grace. Therefore, there's truly no difference between them. We're all sinners and we all need the grace of God. The gospel should also have informed him that there's nothing that anyone can contribute to their own salvation, right? Um, Paul actually later on in Galatians chapter 5 comes to the same point too. He says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. And so the gospel should have helped Peter to understand that whether you're circumcised or not, it doesn't mean anything because we can't contribute anything to our own salvation. Okay, so let's just sort of recap. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. It's the framework for the Christian worldview, and it's the catalyst for Christian spiritual growth. Now, how do we apply this to our leadership as D group leaders? Um, how do we apply this when we lead a study, when we meet with our D groups, or when we counsel somebody? Well, um, ultimately, it's pretty simple. The first is that we need to make sure that we get to the gospel in every study that we do with our group. Because as we get to the gospel, number one, people who are not saved, people who don't know the gospel, they're going to hear the gospel and and we pray that they will come to faith in Christ. Two, it's going to help them to sort of really frame their worldview to have a correct understanding of the reality in which they live. And then third, it's going to help them to know how to, how to respond correctly, how to live with these um, uh, with the gospel at the center of their life, how to, how to respond out of love for the Lord and respond properly in those situations. Now, this is one of the reasons why we've selected a list of studies for you to choose from. Uh, not all studies are equal. Not all studies are going to focus on the gospel. And it's sad to say, but really the majority of Christian teaching out there is not gospel-centered in this way. It's actually more focused on moralism, the idea that that we have to change our, our behaviors and we, we just have to kind of pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps and make sure that we're just being good little Christian boys and girls <laughs> or else. <laughs> That's kind of the idea that you get from a lot of these – from these studies. Um, at the end of the day, it's law. It's the law. And we can't follow the law. Um, that's the point of the gospel. Um, and so uh, really what we want to do is have studies that are centered on the gospel message, that are teaching law, teaching what we're supposed to do, but also bringing the freedom of the gospel and showing, you know what, we're going to mess up in this. But we can grow. We can get better at this. And we can do this only by the grace of God and really trusting in him. Okay, So that's, that's the first thing. I think that when we're in the midst of a D-group session, a D-group study, really figuring out ways to turn the conversation back to the gospel is going to be so important. Um, a lot of the studies that you do are going to do this in almost every session. But, uh, but at the same time, Figuring out a way to do that organically in your preparation for your D group study, finding the right place where it comes up, or or even just keeping the gospel at the forefront of your mind to see where am I going to stick this in here? Where where is this really going to come up more organically? That's going to be key for how the um, how the D group study is going to go. Um, I think so, those are some of the best conversations when you can turn the conversation from law. This is what I should do. This is what I should do turn it right to the gospel and help people to see that they are sinners saved by grace. Um, 
that's what some, when some of the most powerful D group sessions that I've ever been a part of. I think the other thing that you, another way that you can apply this really is in the way that you tie this application. Uh, when we counsel others, when we talk to others that are uh, in our group one-on-one, uh, this is really, really key uh, that we bring people back to this idea that they're sinners saved by grace and, and that we point to the idea that, yes, we have sinned, we have messed up, and so that people can really own the things that they've done wrong and then lead them towards uh, repentance and the grace of God. Well, that's where we're going to end it for today. Hopefully that's helpful to give you a little bit more perspective on why we want to be so gospel-centered as uh, as D-group leaders and why we're focusing in uh, on the gospel in that way. Next time, we're going to be talking about the spread of the gospel and how this is going to be really important for uh, really for, for your whole group to be doing. It's not just something that the pastors do, not just something that you're doing. It's something that every single Christian should be doing. And we're going to talk about that next time on the D Group Leader Podcast. Mm-hmm.